can't be a youth pastor for 34 years without having some illustrations. So um, it's great to be here. It's uh, good. I, I want to just have my wife stand up. She's over here, Vicki. Um, yeah. You can pray for her when you're married to a youth pastor for 34 years, like being married to an eighth grader, right? For a long time. Not Nate. Nate's more mature than me. But, um, but have, you ever, have you ever just stopped for just a minute, paused, and think about like all the voices that come at us? I mean, in a given day, like a given moment. I mean, there's so many different voices, uh, 24-hour news, whether you watch Fox or MSNBC or CNN or radio, whatever you, you can hear, social media, just bombarded by advertisements. When you go out of the, through the checkout counter at the grocery store and they have those magazines and they kind of tempt you with like three or four articles, sometime just grab one of those magazines and go home and count how many ads are in one of those magazines. There's very few like information and most of it is about 150 advertisements. But it's almost like we don't even realize it. And then there's Juneteenth and Pride Month and Black Lives Matter and the woke movement. Three and a half hours a day on Facebook. You know, the average American, probably including the person that's speaking to you this morning. We just spend way too much time. There's so many voices that are just like screaming at us. And even good voices. So, I mean, my father-in-law, who I respect... Um, has a voice in my life. I have some mentors, some teachers, professors, um, employer colleagues, um, pastors, Sunday school teachers, small group leaders, so many voices. And then um, I, I, I liken it to this. I, I think it was when I was serving here, maybe we had Sunday night church, so we took a risk and we blindfolded somebody. And uh, you're going to think less of me in just a minute. And we had one person down there that they were kind of dialed into that voice. And then we had all kinds of people around trying to get this blindfolded guy to follow the voice and not step into a trap. I was going to use bear traps, but they're illegal now. Um, and they should be, right? But, but you're just, you know, almost, almost in some ways we kind of, you know, life's not a dress rehearsal. This is it, right? But we go through life, man, and there's all these voices that are just trying to get us, you know, one way or the other to get us off track so that we can get like, and it's got us, you know, and maybe we've been there, you know, maybe we've been trapped. I mean, listening to Chris's story about an atheist for 40 years and yet that voice <laughs> that just kept being over his shoulder going, I'm here. I love you. I want you. And yet in the tragedy of life, you listen to that voice. But we can know just about almost anything in the world. And, and some people have said that we probably are the most distracted generation ever. There's just so many distractions, so many different voices. So here's my question is, what about you? <laughs> Do you ever get overwhelmed by all the voices? Um, are you ever fearful that you might make a wrong step and accidentally get caught in a trap? And, and what does that journey look like for you? Do, do you come to church on Sunday morning for like a weekly checkup? <laughs> or do you wake up every morning trying to focus on that one voice, the shepherd's voice? 
Um, I heard this Ill, um, statement about what it means to be a follower of Jesus, a kingdom person, is one who visibly demonstrates the comprehensive rule of God underneath the Lord of, Lordship of Jesus Christ. I'm going to say it again. A kingdom person is one who visibly demonstrates the comprehensive rule of God underneath the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Not compartmentalize, that's what us men like to do, but the comprehensive rule. That God speaks on Monday morning just like he speaks on Sunday morning. That he speaks in the workplace just like he speaks in the home. That he speaks, you know, that God is always wanting to speak, but then the question is, is do we listen? I, uh, I believe in the blacktop of forgetfulness. I, I think that once we're in church and we walk out those doors and our feet hit the blacktop, we forget everything we heard in here. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a one-point one, one guy, all right? And this is it. When, God, when his voice becomes the primary, all other voices become secondary. When God's voice is the primary voice in your life, all the other voices are secondary. So if you have your Bibles... We're doing a, a, a look at Jesus, and we're going through the Gospel of John. If this is your first Sunday, um, Pastor Brian is on vacation, and uh, so I have the privilege to share from John chapter 10, and we're walking through one chapter at a time. Now, I was pretty excited when I got John 10, because I'm like, John 10, 10, there's no other verse, man, right? The enemy comes to rob, steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus has come to give life, and life to the full. But as I read it, I thought there's so much more on this rediscovering Jesus. So John chapter 10, I'm going to read to the 21st verse. Um, but I, I kind of want to give you a little picture of what was going on so that you can kind of go back 2,000 years and get a feel. So the scribes are there. The Pharisees are there, right? The, San, the rulers of the Sanhedrin, the, the person that was just healed from blindness, <laughs> I mean, they, at this point, they have tried to kill Jesus three times. So this isn't no, like, just pretty picture of Jesus. I mean, they're out to get him. They want to find one thing that he says or does so that they can take him down, right? They've tried. They went to the, guy, the blind man's parents and said, hey, uh, was he born blind? And because they didn't want to get kicked out of the synagogue, they pleaded the fifth. He's an adult, go ask him. Because they were afraid. Of course, the blind man says, all I know is I was blind and now I see, right? So all these things are going on. And then there was these I am statements. There's seven of them here in the gospel of John. This is the fourth one that he made. And so when you say I am is big, because remember when Moses was in the burning bush and the burning bush, you know, God said, well, Moses said, who do I, who do I say sent me? He said, well, you tell him that I am sent you, Right. So he had already said, I'm greater than Moses. I'm greater than Abraham. I mean, those are like fighting words, right? And now in John chapter 10, he is going to say, whew, the audacity to say, I am greater than David, the good shepherd. And so just follow along if you got your Bibles. I think I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. But very, Jesus is speaking, very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, all these voices, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listens to his voice. Now, when you read through the Bible, 
we are often called sheep, like it or not. That Jesus, we, we are so easily led. Oh, so, you know, <laughs> I mean, that, that's what sheep are. But, we, but, but throughout the Bible, we are called sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. So Jesus goes, well, let me see if I can make it more simple. Jesus said, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. Now, here's where he had the audacity to say, I am the good shepherd. And the Jews in agricultural world, you know, they, they knew what he was saying. I am the good shepherd. Basically, I trump David. I mean, that, that was like, woo, I, I can't believe you just said that, right? The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd. He, didn't, he doesn't own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen and I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father's love loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my father, and they are livid. <laughs> the Jews who heard these words were again divided. Many of them said, he is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Will you pray with me? God, as we read your word, I pray that you would help us to just take a moment this morning and just let it sink in. That God, you are the shepherd and we are the sheep. And the God that you want to speak to us this morning, not just this morning, you want to speak to us every moment of every day. And so, Lord, we realize that there are so many voices out there, but this morning, we want to dial into your voice, and we want to hear what you have to say. So speak, Lord. We're listening. In Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus goes, let me set this before you as plainly as I can. So as I was preparing for this message, I was, I was thinking about sheep um, being that we're called sheep on so many occasions. They, they're completely dependent on the shepherd. I watched all the little YouTube videos. I'm like, I want to understand sheep, right? But they cultivate an ear to hear his voice. A number of years ago, there was a pastor up in Titusville. His name was Peter Lord. And Peter wrote a book on hearing God. 
And his opening illustration was he was doing a wedding in like a log cabin chapel out in the middle of the woods. And he came out after the wedding was done. And one of his parishioners was down by the front and had his ear up to the bush and was just listening. And uh, Peter walked out and said, what are you doing? He goes, there are like a hundred different species of crickets in that bush. It's like... (laughs) The guy had done his doctoral thesis on all the different species of crickets. And he had trained his ear to hear crickets. Peter thought, man, if a guy can train his ear to hear crickets, then we can train our ear to hear the voice of the Lord. Like, man, wow. So sheep listen to his voice. And it might take some time to cultivate that ability. And sometimes we get it wrong and sometimes we get it right. I'm only going to tell the places, the stories where I got it right. But I'm telling you, as the guy that's communicating the word this morning, there's times when I ignored his voice. And there's times whenever I listened to another voice. <laughs> like, why in the world did I do that? And I, and I can tell you those stories later. But this morning, I'm just going to tell the stories where I heard his voice and followed. But it takes some time. Like Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and strength, a present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. I love that passage. When we know that he's a present help in trouble. In Psalm 46.10 it says, be still and know that I am God. Maybe that's why we can't hear his voice. Because our lives are so full, they're so packed. Do we ever take time to just get alone, to be quiet, to be still and say, God, speak. Psalm 139.23, a dangerous verse says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Keeping company with the Father. I mean, think for a minute. You know, Genesis 1 and 2 was there before Genesis 3. That's where the evangelical church starts is with Genesis 3, the fall that happened in the garden. But there was a Genesis 1 and 2 before Genesis 3. Adam and Eve every morning, cool the morning, they're walking with God, just spending time with them. It's awesome. And the enemy says, man, I don't like that. I'm going to break it up. So in the form of a serpent, the serpent comes to Eve and says, why, did, why, why, why are you not eating from this tree? Well, we're not supposed to eat from the tree. He says, well, if you eat from it, you'll be as smart as God. And so Adam and Eve take and eat, right? And then you know what happens? All of a sudden they realize that they're naked. And so they hide with fig leaves. You can only imagine, you know. And God comes walking in in the morning and he, he says, where are you? Well, it probably feels like when you're a kid and you did something wrong. God, was just, God knew where they were, but God was just going, where are you? It probably sounded like, where are you? you know? But I mean, the way it was heard was probably two different things. And, but then when they finally said, okay, we messed up. We listened to this voice we shouldn't listen to. Then God killed an animal and clothed them fully like they should be clothed. So when we come clean and say, hey, I, I stepped in a trap. I need help. But we learn to listen to his voice. I, I, when I served here, I had just moved over from Lake Wells. This is the other church where um, Nate had served with before or after me. But I'm in, I'm in Lake Wells, and in 1991 of April, I took a group of students over to the military center of the Soviet Union before the wall fell. And so um, God did something crazy bigger than a 28-year-old. I was 29 when I moved here. And so all the people that was important to Vicki and I, um, the missionary board president, the president of my college, my pastor, the state pastor, 
They all said, Mark and Vicky, we need a career missionary in uh, Chalabinsk, Russia. And you're it. And so I had been here for about a year and a half. And I, nobody knew this but me, that all these people were saying, you need to go, you need to go, you need to go. But I couldn't hear from his voice. So I heard from like influential voices I respected very greatly. And so I remember it was a Friday morning. I'm like, I can't, I can't live like this anymore. <laughs> I'm either here or I'm here. I can't be in two places. So I got up, 6 a.m. in the morning, I'm an early riser, went over to the beach and said, God, I'm not leaving until I hear your voice. And I walked and I walked and I walked. Three hours before I heard that still small voice. It wasn't audible, but it was that still small voice. Mark, some plant, some water, some harvest. You've done what I've asked you to do. Now get out of the way. I almost think I heard God say, P.S., or you'll mess it up. <laughs> I, I literally, this is no, no I'm not exaggerating this story. I came back to whenever the church was over on 16th Street and 27th Avenue, go up to my office within 30 minutes. Youth pastor in Jacksonville, Florida, called, Mark, can we get together? I have no idea what you want to get together with, but Monday I'm off. We drove to Titusville. He came down, went to Dixie Crossroads. He took the missions magazine, slid it across the desk and said, I think God's calling me to be this career missionary. What do you think? And he went, worked himself out of a job. And there's four Church of God congregations in the military center of the Soviet Union, which is now Russia, 800 miles east of Moscow, because I listened to his voice. And the sheep listen to his voice. So students that are going to passion, is there any students that are going to passion or adults or volunteers in the room? Raise your hand if you're sitting around any of these, just be praying for them. But you can hear God's voice. When you're at passion with 7,000 people, you can hear God's voice. His sheep listen to his voice. When his voice becomes the primary, all other voices become secondary. His sheep know his voice and they follow him. He is the good shepherd. He puts the sheep before himself. He sacrifices himself if necessary, and he did. A hired hand puts himself before the sheep. If a wolf comes in, he will run. So this passage, um, 1 Samuel, the shepherd before Jesus declares, I am the good shepherd, was David. Here's what David said to Saul. Your servant's been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off the sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it, rescued the sheep from its mouth, and when it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this Goliath, uncircumcised Philistine, will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. So he was a shepherd. <laughs> I mean, a lion and a bear, I'm running, right? But no, you ain't taking my sheep. He took him out, and he took Goliath out. David in the Psalms later, he says, teach me to do your will for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. I like that, that his voice leads us on level ground. Trust in the Lord. Many of you memorize this Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Or you could go Proverbs 14, 12. When there's a way that seems right unto man, it leads to death, <laughs> right? That's what's that, that proverb, wisest guy ever, you know? There's a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to death. Or trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your understanding and all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. A modern day example, not so modern, the apostle Paul 
was a shepherd. Listen to this in 1 Thessalonians 2.8. Just as a nursing mother cares for her children because we love you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. In Acts 20.24, because Paul was a shepherd, he said, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. And then right smack dab in the Sermon on the Mount. Man, this is a hard one for me. But Jesus says this on the Sermon on the Mount in, John, in Matthew 7. He says, you know, we, 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 we cast out demons in your name. We healed you in your name. And he's going to say, depart from me because I never knew you. The shepherd knows his sheep. The sheep know the shepherd. It's not about information. It's not about cognitive information. It's about intimacy. It's not just head knowledge, but it's heart transformation. It's listening to the still, small voice. When I left here in 1999, I went to Wichita, Kansas. Uh, the students out there called the church the Six Flags Over Jesus because <laughs> it sat like 3,000 people, and we had this worldview weekend. And this guy, maybe you've heard his name, Josh McDowell, was one of the speakers. And he's one of my heroes, and I've always wanted to meet Josh McDowell. I mean, this is like the opportunity of a lifetime. And so Josh was speaking, the place was packed. As soon as he finished, I walked out that door, walked down the hallway, and Josh is talking to my senior pastor. And man, my heart is beating through my chest. I'm like, I'm going to get to meet the guy that I've always wanted to meet. And I walk up, and these two guys come up, and they're obviously with Josh. And the guy goes, hey, uh, John is not feeling well, so we're going to call a taxi before Uber. We're going to call a taxi, and I'm going to take him back to the hotel. And that still small voice says, Mark, your car's in the parking lot. They don't, they're guests. They don't need to call a taxi. I still have never met Josh McDowell. I walked away. I said, hey, I'm the youth pastor. I'll take you back to the hotel. I get in. This is in 1999, maybe early 2000. And uh, I say, hey, I'm Mark Shaner. And the guy in the front seat, his name was Daryl Scott. And the guy in the back was John Tomlin Sr., those two men had just lost their children in one of the first school shootings at Columbine High School. And they told me the story. It was on the other side of Wichita. It was about a 30-minute drive. We stopped at Wendy's to get some food for Daryl. And uh, they told me what it was like to sit in that auditorium as they began to read off the names people read tonight and then realizing that their li children's lives were lost. And as I'm driving back over, I'm going, God, you got such a better plan than I do. That's what happens, man, when we listen to that still, small voice. Hey, can I get, can I get somebody to help me with an illustration? Can I, can I pick on you, bro? Come on, come up here and help me just real quick. I'll make it. It's super easy. You don't have to say nothing. But I, I want to I give you a picture. Just stand right here and face me. Um, I'm going to have you put your hands up like this. Tell me your name first. Jay. Jay, okay. So what I'm going to do, Jay, is I'm going to move my hands, and I want you to follow my hands perfectly, all right? But I want you to close your eyes, all right? <laughs> And you're going to judge whether he does it. Okay, keep your eyes closed. Close them. Seriously, close them. He, he does have his eyes closed. Okay, so I'm moving my hands, and I want you to follow me perfectly. How's he, how's he doing? Pretty bad, right? Because the Bible says the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. So when you heard Chris's story earlier, for 40 years, his eyes were blinded. He couldn't see, right? I'm going to make it easier. Keep your eyes open. Follows me perfectly, all right? Okay, now follow me perfectly. How, how do you do? Better, right? But was it perfectly? No. 
Because what that is is religion. Jay, right? Yes. So do this, don't do this, quit that, stop that. That's religion, right? If he's going to follow me perfectly, what must he do? Boom. Because that's a relationship. Follow me, bro. When we walk hand in hand with Jesus and we listen to his voice. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, bro. But the sheep know his voice and they follow him. Say it with me. When his voice, when his voice becomes the primary, all other voices become secondary. And then Jesus said, his sheep don't follow a stranger's voice. In John 10, 5, they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. You've heard this. People in the bank, they study the real bill. <laughs> so when a counterfeit comes across the table, they know it's counterfeit. When you learn to listen to his voice, all of a sudden you realize those voices, I'm not listening to them because they're not his voice. There were significant voices telling us we needed to go to Russia, but not the voice. And in our lives, that's what we got to do. We got to listen. My voice was, I want to meet Josh McDowell. <laughs> but that still small voice said, no, 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 no. You do what I'm asking you to do and give those guys a ride to the hotel. His sheep don't follow a stranger's voice. When his voice becomes the primary, all other voices become secondary. And then Jesus says this, when his sheep will go in and out and find pasture. <laughs> Isn't that great? They, they'll have life and, and life to the full. Anyone who goes through me will be cared for. When we go through Jesus, we'll be cared for. Isn't that awesome? I, this is maybe convicting. I've been to India a number of times, and they said if you're not prophetic, you're pathetic. So I'm going to go here. Are you ready? Look at the scripture and look where I highlighted. Psalm 92, 12 to 14. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They'll grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. That when I heard that verse or read it, I was like, planted. I was talking to somebody earlier in, in 2022. They were going to try to visit 22 churches in 2022. That's not planted. If you, take a, if you take a plant and you keep moving a plant, it's not going to flourish. And so every church has its challenges. It's, it's the, 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 just the journey the churches go on. I, be planted. Be planted. Find a place here, a pathway, wherever it might be. I'm not the lead pastor here. I'm just filling in. But I'm saying find a church, plant, and stay put and flourish in the house of the Lord. Enough said. Keep sheep, keep sheep in the dark and they will search for light. I, again, I love this, John 10, 10. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. They'll have real and eternal life. <laughs> More and better life than they ever dreamed of. 1 Timothy 6, 19, it says that you will find the life that is truly life. Let me give you a little life story. In 2013, um, I took a group of students to Paraguay. And uh, my son was on the trip. He's about 15, 16 years old. And we went, um, there were 17 high school kids and seven adults and we went to South America, and uh, we, it was winter down there, summer here, and we, uh, we stopped to play soccer. And I'm 50 years old. I have no, I should not be playing soccer. But some of these Paraguayan guys were older than me. I'm like, man, they can play, I can play. So I was the keeper. Like, if you're 15 years old and you score on a 50-year-old kid, I mean, guy, who, who are you going to brag to? 
Well, I'm in the goalkeeper, and my son comes down with the ball. And if you're a dad, everything changes. Like, he is not scoring on me. Well, he gets all ball, hits me in the gut. I land on my rear, roll back on my neck, and I keep playing. But the next day, as we're sitting on the Pioneer Missionaries um, uh, porch, my neck starts stiffening up. I'm like, and as our rule was, you pray over people when they're not feeling well. So I had to live by that rule. So I had them all pray for me, and I didn't get better. And I'm out in the middle of nowhere, Paraguay, but I'm supposed to be leading this trip. So I call for a chiropractor, Um, not Dr. Todd or chiropractor. We do chiropractors, but this guy comes, lays me out on a tile floor, and he torques my neck like 10 times harder than I've ever had it torqued. And then he comes back the next day and takes me to his clinic and does it again. Well, I mean, I'm like barely walking. Well, I get to, the, I get to fly home and uh, talk to the American Airlines doctor. I didn't know American Airlines had a doctor, but I talked to him and explained the situation. I thought they were trying to get me into first class. And um, that's, that we were getting ready to go out. All of our group, except 20 of the 24, cleared customs. And my son and me and two adults were going through security. And the gate agent comes by and says, the doctor doesn't want you to get on the plane. So I get my Spanish-speaking brother to come back. And uh, we go to the hospital, do an MRI, say, go to the hotel. We'll call you when we find out and make, have a consultation, decide what to do. They call while I'm FaceTiming my wife and said, hey, it's a lot worse than what we thought it was. We need you to get back over here immediately. And it was a ruptured disc in my C3, C4. And uh, there was a hematoma of blood that was pushing against my medulla and my ruptured disc. And uh, so I had neck surgery in South America. And um, then I had a staph infection, and I had to treat that. And then I had fluid on my pleura, and they kept finding things wrong with me. And uh, so finally, after two weeks, it was time to go home. And the four different doctors came in separate times on that last day and said, you're really a lucky man. Had you got, got on the plane the cabin pressure would have cut off your medulla and you would have either been paralyzed for the neck down or you would have died. And the last doctor walks in and he goes, I talked to you two weeks ago. I said, you talked to me two weeks ago. He goes, yeah, I'm a consultant for the airlines. And um, I'm an educated man. If I had an MRI or if I had anything, I would have known what to do, but I didn't have any of that. And I have never kept somebody from flying home. You're always better to go home. When I hung up the phone, his words, not mine, I asked the Holy Spirit, should I let this man fly or not? And the Holy Spirit told me not to let you get on the plane. I said, you're the guy I hated for two days. And now you're the guy that I got to thank for saving my life because he listened to the shepherd's voice. So this is for real. God does speak, man. He does speak. And, 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 and he speaks. <laughs> Give you just a quick little illustration. I mean, I love Pathway. I love this church. I love the church I'm a part of. I love that. I love Bible studies. I love small groups. Uh, if, you're, if you have any inkling at all to work with students, I live my life with people that help me. And I know, you know, whenever Chris was sharing, but, but this is what it's like. It's like, man, I go to small group. Man, I love small group. It's awesome. I can't wait to hear Pastor Brian speak instead of this guest speaker. Man, it's so good. And the worship. Randy's awesome, right? Right? That right there is the container. Right? (laughs) Jesus said, I am the living water. If you drink of me, you'll thirst no more. The container's important, folks. But it's that voice, that still small voice that we can train our ears to hear 
and we can follow it because he is the living water. He is the bread of life. His sheep will go in and out and find pasture. Say it with me. When his, I'll get it up on the screen. Here it comes. Here it comes. I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. When his, there it is. Say it with me. When his voice becomes the primary, all other voices become secondary. And then it says, his sheep will be protected from the enemy as they listen to the shepherd's voice. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. You know, cattle rustling is a big deal in Florida. I don't know if you knew that. We live over on the coast, but there's a lot of cattle in Florida. And cattle rustling is cattle stealing, right? But I put this up on the screen because I wanted you to see, you know, if a person climbs over or through the fence, what Jesus said, he's up to no good. The owner, the shepherd, walks right up to the gate. (laughs) And the enemy is always those voices. And so students that go to Passion Camp this week and adults cultivate an ear to hear the voice of the God because the enemy is trying to steal, kill, and destroy. And I think everyone in here will know between 12 and 18, the choices you make largely impact the rest of your life. And we can make our own choices, but we don't get to choose our consequences. And so the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but he has come to give life and life to the full. So say it with me. When his voice becomes the primary, all other voices become secondary. I'm jumping ahead, okay, because we're walking through the book of John, um, rediscovering Jesus. But John 14, the last two verses, John 14, 31, I think it's on the screen. It says, um, Jesus is speaking. He says, I'll not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming but he has no hold over me. He, but he comes so the world may learn that I love my father so much that I'll do exactly what my father's told me to do. Now, just leave it up there because watch that. I'll not, the prince of this world's not coming. Anybody here want the prince of the world not to, not to have his hold on you? Anybody? Man, like, I don't want the enemy to have his hold on me. And I always want to do exactly what the father tells me to do. And I'm not the, not the smartest guy in the world, but I'm thinking like, Jesus, how did you do that? Never allow the prince of this world to have his hold on you and always do exactly what the father tells you to do. And I mean, literally (laughs) for six months, I'm like, how? But you know what follows John 14? This isn't a trick question. John 15, John 15, one through eight. He says, this is how I'm the vine. You're the branches. If you remain in me, I'll remain in you. Apart from me, you can do nothing. His sheep will be protected from the enemy as they listen to the shepherd's voice. Say it with me again. When his voice becomes the primary, all other voices become secondary. So my question this morning is, whose voice are you listening to? What's the predominant voice in your life? The direction you look is the direction you'll go. Matthew 6.33 Seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and everything else will be added. So if you're here this morning and you've never confessed Christ as the son of the living God, that's where it starts. Because you had, you had these two voices, right? This guy's a, a maniac. <laughs> you know, he has no idea what he's talking about. I know, but he like healed the blind man. I don't want to mean to be so straight, but both of those voices are going to go to hell. 
Because that's just an opinion, right? It's another voice. You, you have to surrender your life to Jesus. To say, man, I want the shepherd. I want his voice. You know, if, I'm not into dog fighting, but if you put two dogs in a fight and you feed one dog and starve the other, the one you feed is going to win the fight. And so it's the voice we listen to determines where we go. So what would it take for you and me to dial into the good shepherd's voice on a consistent basis? Have you ever thought this? When I get to heaven, man, I cannot wait to talk to David. What was it like to take down Goliath? I want to talk to Moses, man, and go, what was it like, that burning bush, right? What was it like to be Abraham, the father of many nations? What was it like? Have you ever thought that in heaven they can't wait to see you? And go, Jay, what was it like to have the Spirit in you, speaking to you every day? What was that like? What was it like, Ron, man, that God... God, God spoke to you directly. We have access to his voice. And, but, but do we listen to it? <laughs> I mean, is our answer going to be, yeah, I know I had access, but I really never listened to it? You know, or, yeah, I did. And man, here's what happened, right? I'm going to invite the worship team up. I'm going to have you stand. Um, and I just want to read Psalm 23. I just feel like it's very appropriate Um, I know it often gets read at funerals, but it just seems like this verse, this chapter in Psalms, really sums up the good shepherd. So you can stand to your feet. The Lord is my shepherd. Is that that true for you? I like nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his namesake. Now watch this. That's all really good, right? But even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He laid down his life for you, his soul, like his whole person, to give as a life, as a ransom for many. For the transgressions of my people, he was punished. He'll save his people from their sins. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. He not only loves you, but he likes you. (laughs) And if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and shepherd, then today's the day you can make that decision. There'll be people up front that would love to pray with you as you make that decision. Or maybe you just want to rededicate your life and say, Lord, help me to really dial into your voice because you're speaking, but I want to be listening. Let me pray. God, we want your voice to be the primary in our lives. Lord, as we, as we walk this life, Lord, we just think of all these traps, that, all these voices. and Lord, we can get so distracted and just keep stepping in them left and right. And Some of us are here today and thinking, man, I have stepped in so many traps. But may today be a day that we resolve that we're going to do the very best that we can to listen to the shepherd's voice at home, in our workplace, in our community, wherever we go. God, help us to hear your voice, the great shepherd. The shepherd that cares deeply about each and every one in this this sanctuary. 
So Lord, as we sing these songs, Lord, if that voice is speaking to us like Chris, where you just kept speaking, and then there was that moment in time where you said, oh man, this is what I've been searching for. So God, do what you do, work how you work. We give you this time in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we thank Pastor Mark for being with us this morning? Amen. If you want to hear his voice, respond this morning. Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaken. I've never been more glad that I Cause he's never let me down He's faithful through generations So why would he fail now? He won't He won't I've still got joy in chaos I've got that 
have the Lord's prompting you to respond. Just stay in an attitude of worship and just respond to his voice. Thank you, Jesus.
Lord calls me home Here in the power of Christ I'll stand Here in the power of Christ We By man's standards, the service is concluding, but by no means is the Holy Spirit done. Um, he who began a good work in you is faithful to what? Complete it. Maybe he's doing a work right now in this room, in this place, in this time, right now. Allow him to complete it in you. Don't, don't roadblock that spirit moving and working and trying to do something new and fresh. And maybe there's a healing happening right now in the room. Maybe there's deliverance. Maybe there's res a rescue happening right now of a person who doesn't know Jesus at all in this room right now. Don't stop that from coming to completion in Christ Jesus. Amen. We're going to pray. Lord, just spirit, just move. Just continue to move. We sense your presence here. We know you've spoken to us out of your word through your choice servant. We know you've spoken to us through worship and through song. And we know you've spoken to our hearts through testimony. And the power of your spirit is real and moving right now. So Lord, may we receive what it is you're saying to us. And I know, Lord, you're big enough and strong enough to be speaking individual things to us right now, personal things to us right now in this moment. This is your moment, Lord. So we want to hear your voice. We are the sheep of your pasture and we know your voice. We know what you sound like. We know what you're saying. We know what you're doing because we're in relationship with you. May your voice be undeniable and louder than any other voice that we hear. And may we listen to your voice with not only our physical ears, but the ears of our heart. And listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Listen to the others that love you and follow hard after you. May we hear you in the music and hear you in nature and hear your voice. In all ways, you are our shepherd. Thank you, Lord, for shepherding us in such a way that our lives are forever changed. May we completely and fully submit and surrender to you and to what you're saying in this moment. We love you. We give you praise. And we give you glory, not just because of what you've done. Oh, Lord, so much more because of who you are. We're hearing your voice, Lord. Thank you. And it's in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Can we give him praise one more time? He is, he is so good. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Just a couple things before we leave. Um, if you're new and you haven't been to our Welcome Center, come out these doors here. Come to our Welcome Center. We've got a gift for you. We'd love to say hi. And just you can ask questions about Pathway and everything and all that good stuff. Mark, Pastor Mark also has a table out here, and he wrote a book called To Russia with God's Love, 
It's kind of a play off of James Bond. Any James Bond people? Okay. Yeah, some were like, what in the world is that title? Uh, but it's actually amazing story, testimony about um, how that whole ministry happened in Russia. And uh, you can go out and find out more about that book and meet Mark. God bless you. Now go and be the church.